You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions preview podcast as part of the Pride of Detroit network of podcasts. It is already week 12 Thanksgiving week, the Thanksgiving Day Classic Lions Bills coming up. We're here to preview it. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the producer over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online. With me, as always, co-hosting First Bite is Ryan Matthews, our senior editor at Pride of Detroit at Ryan underscore POD. Ryan, Thanksgiving, it's happening. I'm grateful to spend this time with you, Jeremy. I'm grateful for a game that kind of matters. Like there are some stakes. And it's not just like, hey, will Matt Patricia get fired? Like, that's the last time there were stakes on Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you keep on seeing steaks on Thanksgiving, and I'm like totally thrown off and thinking of beef. But are you one of those people, by the way, that are like, throw out the turkey. Let's just eat whatever we want. Let's have some steaks. Yes. Okay. I, I'm pro. I'm definitely pro <laughs> eat what you want to eat. Okay. That's yeah. good. That's, you know, that's good life advice. Thank you. All right. Well, we're not going to talk Thanksgiving food this entire time. We might get back into it. I'm not going to lie. But uh, we, we want to preview this game because, like I said, it is one that actually kind of matters to Lions fans. And it certainly matters to the opponents, the Buffalo Bills. And uh, as always, we like to bring someone from the other side on our preview podcast to uh, give us some perspective there. So this week is no different. This week we have the Vidcast Editor-in-Chief at Buffalo Rumblings, Spence, a.k.a. J. Spence the King on Twitter. Spence, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thank you so much for having me. And uh, just so you know, I'm agreeing with both of you. I'm I'm 100% okay with if it's, you know, prime rib, steak, something like that. I'm down for it on Thanksgiving. I, it does not have to be turkey. Freedom. That's what it's all about, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's uh, let's get into the game. And uh, we I, we like to start with the the opponents having the ball first here. And I think we got to start right with, uh, with Josh Allen. And I, I want to jump right to the injury because... I, I don't think it's that big of a deal, but every time I say like, uh, you know, the, this game looks pretty rough. People are like, I don't know. Josh Allen's not playing pretty well right now because the whole elbow stuff. Is that is that true or is that just kind of a myth that we're telling ourselves to hope that there's a chance? Uh, well, as far as the elbow injury, I mean, today, so he practiced for the first time without his brace today. Mm. And so, you know, and then, you know, the first week with the injury, it really didn't look like the elbow was an issue at all. It more so looked like the brace, like that last interception. If you if you go back and watch the all 22, Gabe Davis was actually open like he Josh just didn't lead him properly. And if you look at the throw. It wasn't pain. I think it was just range of motion. Mm -hmm. So when I look at that, it's like, OK, he takes the brace off. He probably makes that throw eight times out of 10. Uh, so as far as the elbow injury, sorry, Lions fans, I wouldn't like bank on that. But um, I will say right now, I think he's in a bit of a funk as far as mentally. Okay. He's like he's in this thing where and it happens. You know, it's it's like when 
you know, either you, you know, you, you figure, you look at the games prior to this Sunday, you look at the last three games and he had two interceptions in each game. So I'm sure in the, in the film room, they're pounding the table. Like, look, we got to protect the ball. We got to protect the ball. So this past Sunday in Detroit, thank you guys for letting us use your house. Uh, but you know, in Detroit, he, literally just took the safe pass almost every single time, even, you know, it's just, it's just throws that you're used to seeing him make and you're used to seeing him be a little aggressive um, or very aggressive. I should say not little. And he, uh, he just wasn't that same Josh. I'm hoping that this week with him taking the arm brace off and then just kind of, you know, it seems like he has fun on, on prime time. It seems like he shows up every time. Uh, so I'm hoping that he kind of gets out of his own head and out of his own way and, and goes back to the guy that we've been seeing for the first seven weeks of the season. Well, well, Spence, speaking of like protecting the football, like was that part of the game plan in terms of what Buffalo wanted to do? Because uh, I'm just talking about last week, it seemed like they were running the ball an awfully lot. I mean, they had, uh, I think it was well over, I think it was like over 30 rushing attempts. Like, and that seems kind of atypical for, for this Buffalo team that clearly has Josh Allen. So why, you know, keep the Maserati in the garage, you know what I mean? But like mm-hmm. for, for this Buffalo team with Josh Allen's elbow injury, do you think there's a concerted effort now that the Buffalo Bills might be a little bit more active on the ground? I mean, I'm, I'm hoping so. And Bills fans have been hoping so since week one. Uh, but the thing is, like you mentioned, you got a Maserati or you got a whatever luxury car you want. You have that in Buffalo. And so you drive it. And I think the thing is, like this past week, they had the rush attempts for the first time. Awesome. We haven't seen that at all. And I don't know if it's the combination of a, like we talked about the the injury that Josh may have been kind of dealing with, or if Josh was just it, to me, it looked like Josh was in his own head. So it looked like Ken Dorsey as our offensive coordinator said, you know what, we're going to move the ball a little bit differently. We're going to have to get the running backs involved and and they, they showed up. So um, with, with that being the case, I can't say I'm going to look forward to seeing that again. I really think that, you know, the team that we have, the, the roster that we have, we're, they're going to, have some attempts for Singletary and a, and a few for Cook, but look for Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis to really be in Dawson Knox as well to really be involved this week. Um, again, no, I I would really love if we could consistently have between Josh, Devin, and, and James, if we could get twenty five to thirty carries a week and like really consistently push that, I would love it. I just don't see it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because Dan Campbell talked about that today and he he for whatever reason, he I think he expects them to to try to run the ball against Detroit, which would be an interesting choice, especially since Detroit's coming off a really strong run defensive performance last week against a Giants team that, you know, obviously is, is a strong running team. But can you can you dive a little bit more into that set of backs? Because uh, I, I just kind of want to know, like, what's Devin Singletary's role? What's James Cook's role? Do they bring in Naheem Hines at all or, or is it just kind of those two guys? Yeah, well, Naheem Hines, first of all, you and Bill's Mafia together have questions about what his role in this offense is, because the thing is, we traded for him. And then um, obviously the first week he wasn't as involved because he had to learn the offense that second week. Still, we just didn't see much from him. And then so now we finally get to see him used in a special teams role, which. I'm very excited about because since Andre Roberts left Buffalo, we really have had a a subpar return game as far as punt and kicks. Now it looks like he solidified that role and hopefully going forward, we see him in that role. But as far as running backs, Devin Singletary is clearly the the best running back we have on this roster. Um, So I I think you can look forward to seeing a a healthy dose of Devin Singletary. And then they kind of throw James Cook in there when it's time to kind of switch things up. If if they're looking to kind of, do some misdirection things or even just 
just kind of throw the defense off. So um, what I, I think you're going to get, Devin Singletary runs bigger than his size. So he's, I think he's 5'7", 207 pounds or around there. He, he, he runs a little bit bigger than he is. So when it gets to that, where they're trying to like just move the sticks and short yard of situations is Devin Singletary for sure. Um, we've gotten away from doing the quarterback sweeps that we've become like so well known for. Josh is a beast. So, you know, you throw a couple linemen on the outside with them and some good blocking from Gabe Davis. We, we haven't seen much of that. I would like to see the bills kind of get back to that. You use him for exactly who he is. And Josh Allen is part of the run game as much as bills fans. Sometimes I know we want to protect him because he's our, you know, we love him. <laughs> we love him. But as much as you want to protect him, I think it also hurts him to not use him in the ways that he's most successful. You know, it's like, if you're, cause then you can get in your, again, he's in his head. If, if you're trying to use him in ways that is just not natural for him, I think that bothers him. So I think we'll see a lot of, a lot of Devin Singletary getting, you know, the early snaps. And then, like I said, second half, James Cook will kind of switch some things up, but I'm personally hoping that we see Josh Allen get involved in the run game outside of the scrambles, outside of the plays that break down. I want to see him actually get a couple, especially red zone this year, uh, red zone, the bills offense has been just disgusting. Like it's, (laughs) it's been horrible, man, compared to what we've seen over the last couple of years when you're like, Oh, Josh is an MVP candidate. No, this year has been really rough. So I would like to see us kind of use Josh as a weapon in the red zone again. He's he's phenomenal when you do it. So uh, that's my hope for the run game. I don't know exactly what they're doing because this last week surprised me completely. Well, maybe to shift gears here for a second, for as incredible as Josh Allen is, Spence, I I, kind of want to know, like, how much credit do his pass catchers deserve? I mean, you have Stephon Diggs, who's second in the league in yards uh, per route run. Mm-hmm. You got Gabriel Davis, who's first in the league and average depth of target. You have some really, really good, really, really good pass catchers on the Buffalo Bills. So, like, I don't know, like, you know, th- there's a whole maturation process of Josh Allen, you know, the first couple of years. It's, you know, ho-hum. And then third year, it's just to the moon with the guy. But that also coincides with Stefan Diggs showing up. So, like, how much credit do the do the pass catchers deserve in Buffalo for Josh Allen's success? Well, I'll give Stefan Diggs all the credit in the world. Um, so prior to prior to, to Stefan Diggs coming to Buffalo, we had John Brown and we had Cole Beasley and, and some other key weapons there that, that helped Josh Allen take a step forward. But we didn't see this Josh Allen until Stefan Diggs got there. And what we're seeing is a beautiful relationship and a beautiful chemistry. Um, as far as Gabriel Davis, I kind of challenge you on that. I know, you know, the 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 depth of target and all that stuff sounds impressive, but then you look at it prior to, I didn't um, look at his numbers after this past Sunday's game, but prior to this Sunday's game, you know, he caught 24 receptions on 48 attempts or, you know, on 48 targets. He also dropped 17% of his passes, you know, and, or 17% of his targets. So when you look at those type of numbers, I actually question you know, is he really the wide receiver too that we hope that he would be like, you know, coming out of that Kansas city playoff game, everybody's like, Oh my God, I know they lost in 13 seconds, but Gabe Davis looks like a superstar. We haven't seen it. So, you know, outside of the Pittsburgh game, you know, we just haven't seen Gabriel Davis really look like the guy that if knock on wood, if, if digs were ever to have to miss times or if anything, I don't, I don't have faith that Davis can step up and really continue to move the offense the way that the, it needs to move. So, um, and then Dawson Knox is a tight end. We paid him a lot of money. 
we haven't we haven't gotten a return on that yet. We haven't started, at least to me, you might get a debate out of some other people. But but when it comes to me, when you're paying a guy the type of money we're paying him, I I don't expect Travis Kelsey numbers because that's just insane. Right. But I do expect, you know, more than what we've gotten. And that outside of that, though, in, in relation to who he is, I understand that Dawson has gone through some personal things with the, the passing of his brother and some mental health things. So I understand that. But I'm also you know, it's like it's it's football and I'm not taking away from the mental health things. But once you get on that field, same thing with Josh and his arm. If you're healthy enough to play, I don't like to be the guy to, to have excuses about it. Right. So if you're on the field, I expect you to play up to your contract. And so far, Dawson Knox has not done so. So um, um, we mentioned Naheem Hines a little bit earlier. I'm looking to see them actually get him involved in the, in the passing game. He, um, that Coach McDermott and Brandon Bean talked a lot about his ability to play in the slot. I don't think Isaiah McKenzie's the guy. I, I just don't. I love him. Everybody in Buffalo loves him. He, he's fun. He does karaoke every Friday with Dawson Knox, and we just <laughs> eat it up. But the thing is, on the field, he makes mistake after mistake after mistake. We got to figure that out. So outside of Stefan Diggs, man, I'm really not as confident as most people would think about the Bills passing game. That's really interesting because – Obviously, the lines are going to be down their, their top corner. Jeff Okuda still in the concussion mm -hmm. protocol, not expected to play. Um, and then, you know, I, I just think of like the Lions' game plan, let's say, against the Vikings a few weeks back was to basically bracket Justin Jefferson. Just try to take him completely out of the game and see if anyone else on that team could beat them. The answer was yes. Adam Thielen went and, <laughs> and beat them, um, essentially, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, Amani Orowarie had a lot to do with that, too. But well, yeah, to that point, yeah, he's going to be out there. A, a yeah. lot in this game and, and, and we'll see Jerry Jacobs. We'll see, um, you know, Mike Hughes, Harris. We'll, we'll see Will Harris. So I, I guess, yeah, I guess my question is one, will bracketing even help with someone like Stefan Diggs or is he just going to get his own Two, if, if that's their game plan, what does that open up? Who does that open up? Who's someone that Lions fans should worry about if they devote multiple resources to Stefan Diggs? Well, hey, to answer your question, it's it's um, Diggs is going to get his like yeah. it doesn't matter that Ken Dorsey is. A, it, I don't want to call him a genius too soon because it's his first year as the play caller. But what we've seen is every week, Stefan Diggs gets his targets. It doesn't matter how you look at it. it. It doesn't matter if it's a screen or a short five yard slant that turns into a 15 yard gain or if it's a it, it doesn't matter. He's going to get his targets. Um, but also. I mean, Gabriel, I want to give him some credit that Gabriel Davis can play big. We've seen it. The thing is, we just haven't seen it consistently. Yeah. So I would like to see what he did against the Vikings. I would like to see what he did against. Um, well, no, actually, the Vikings, I, I don't want to see what he did there. I want to see what he did against Pittsburgh. You know, I want to see what he did against Kansas City and, and against other teams where it's like, OK, he showed up big and then we get excited and then he disappears. I want to see two weeks. I, I feel like this past week against Cleveland, he had a pretty decent game. Not great. He still had a couple drops that concerned me, but we have seen him perform. So there are moments that, you know, if if you let Gabriel Davis kind of get on a cornerback or a safety that's not really up to par, he's going to burn him because that's what he does. He stretches the field. He gets those big plays for Josh. You saw against Pittsburgh, he had the 98 yard reception on the first drive of the game. He can do that. So if you're not um, going to spread the resources defensively out, I would worry a little bit about Davis. I'm just a little down on him because like I said, it's just not consistent when you're talking about like, in the offseason, Josh Allen came out and said, oh, I don't look at Gabe as a wide receiver, too. He's wide receiver 1B. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And I get it. As, as your quarterback, your franchise guy, you want to put some confidence in your guys and you want to make. But when you say that, 
I expect to see that in the statistics. I expect to see that game after game. And he just hasn't shown up like we needed him to that, you know, some of the game that we've only got three losses for the season, but those losses, I mean, look, the, the one loss that really stings me, that Jets game mm-hmm. that he just didn't show up. He just didn't do his job. And outside of Stefan Diggs, we had no help. There was nothing that happened offensively that, and, and Josh took it all on himself, you know, and I get it. Like, I played like crap. I got to do better. No, you, you need your wide receivers to not drop the ball on third and four. Like when you got them wide open and you hit them in the chest, I need him to catch the ball. Not, not all of this. He does like this open hand thing where it's like, I don't even know how he's trying to catch the ball. Like he tries to catch it like you're playing dodgeball or something. And it's like, <laughs> no, man, catch the dog on football. But outside of that, I, I do think, you know, Davis can have a big game. I actually have him uh, for my single game parlay. I actually have a, a anytime touchdown from Davis this weekend or this Thursday. Mm-hmm. You know, gambling talk will entice me, Spence. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to get thrown off course. I, 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 the last thing I think we have to talk about when it comes to Buffalo and, and when they have the football is to talk about their offensive line a little bit. What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? I know center Mitch Morse, he's do, he's you know dealing with a couple of injuries. Um, I, I, I guess the most interesting numbers that I pulled up as I was you know sorting through the Bills is like they're super ultra efficient when it comes to yards per carry. I mean, 5.3 is good for third in the NFL, but the rush DVOA is 19th. They're not a very good run blocking team in terms of run block win rate by ESPN's measure by, you know, PFS measure. So like, what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? What are they susceptible to? And and if Mitch Morse isn't able to go, what do they have uh, in reserve? Mitch Morris hurts. If we, if we don't have Mitch Morris, I don't care who they have back there, man. It hurts. Like he, he's the guy that really controls that line. He communicates properly and, and things go well when he's in to your point about the, the run efficiency. Um, those, a lot of those stats are skewed when you look at Josh Allen's runs. If you take Josh Allen's runs out of it, Devin Singletary still does. Okay. Um, we traded away Zach Moss. He was horrid, you know, and James cook has moments now where he, kind of rips off these big runs that kind of helps the statistics as well. But on a consistent basis, again, it's not, it's not the best run offense. So, you know, you, you'll have games from Josh Allen where he'll run for 80 yards or 65 yards. And that heavily skews uh, what you look at as, you know, the 5.8, I think that's the number that you, that you mentioned at yards per carry um, that yeah. 5.8 isn't consistent. It's, it's only because you have games where Josh Allen has six rushes for, you know, for 70 yards and, and, Again, there's a there's a moment where it's like you get concerned, you know, it's like, well, Josh, you can't throw for 300 and rush. You can't lead the team in rushing and throw for 300. Like I need the running back. Like we pay a guy to actually run the ball. So, um, yeah, th- that run offense and, and that run that or the run offensive line, I should say, is not the best. Even the passing, um, it, it comes down to it, they do block and they do pretty, they do pretty well, but not as good as you want them to. If Josh Allen wasn't a magician in the backfield like that, the way he, you know, he, he's big and he's strong. Like he's, he's basically Dante Culpepper or like, he's one of those type builds where he, he just brushes guys off of he's big Ben, but more athletic and he can do more things and run faster. So it's hard to tackle him. So when you get a guy and they try to arm tackle him, he brushes him off and then he runs for a first down bills. Fans love it. But it helps the stats, but it's not I, I need the running backs. And that's kind of what I was saying earlier, where it's like I, I would love if we could consistently get 30 carries to where Devin Singletary has, you know, 
18 of them and Cook has 10 and Josh only has to run twice because we're actually moving the ball and actually doing, but it just hasn't happened. So um, I, I don't know if I answered your question properly, but I'll tell you, I'm, that is one area where I'm consistently worried on a week to week basis is the protection of Josh and um, the efficiency of being able to run the ball when it's not Josh. Yeah. It, it, it kind of seems like a duh thing, but like, I'm glad that you illustrated that point about Josh Allen kind of skewing the, the yards per carry number because obviously that makes a ton of sense yeah and it, it, i mean it'll be an interesting matchup this week too right because the lions just they just completely stopped the giants's kind of traditional run game but daniel jones got his and and that's mm-hmm. been kind of a running uh theme here with the lions run defenses like they're kind of okay between the tackles but those quarterbacks have really tested kind of the lions young edge defenders a lot of those read options that they seem to bite down on so that might be something the bills try to do this week but um, we'll see. I mean, Ali McNeil is obviously coming off the, the best week of his career and, and maybe dealing with the backup guard and the interior could be a, a, a big position to exploit. But, uh, but let's take a break here. When we come back, we're, we're going to talk about the Lions have the ball because while the Bills offense gets a lot of praise, uh, they got a pretty good defense, too. So we'll see how the Lions match up with that when we come back here on First Bite. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back here on First Bite, previewing Lions, Bill's, Thanksgiving, Spence, a.k.a. J. Spencer King, with us from Buffalo Rumblings. Let's talk, uh, I guess, let's start with Von Miller. As much as I, I hate to talk about Von Miller because he, he scares me. Let's do it. How is he still doing it? I guess that's that's my first question. How is he still literally like a top five guy at his position? Well, so the Buffalo, there's a couple 
answers to this question. One, he does a phenomenal job just taking care of his body, making sure that he's uh, his diet is fine. But he also he's like LeBron as far as the NBA is concerned, like he just he invests so much into his body, whether it's diet, whether it's working out, uh, whether it's whatever it takes to recover, he invests so much. But outside of that, I think the Buffalo Bills also do a great job. I know it doesn't look like it this year because we've had we've had a ton of injuries um, on the defensive line. And really, I think this season we've had the most injuries since Sean McDermott has been coach. But they do a great job at a on, on the defensive line. They rotate guys out. So, you know, Von Miller, his, if you actually look at his stats, his snaps are down uh, average, average per game than any year he's played because he probably only plays 60% of the snaps, uh, 55% of the snaps because they want to make sure these guys are fresh for the playoffs. So one of the things that the bills do, they make sure that their reps are down, but they're in a very good position every time they're out there. And, yeah. and Vaughn is just, man, he, he's just incredible. Like I, obviously signing Von Miller is like, Holy crap. We signed Von Miller. But then like when you actually get to watch him, more consistently because he's on your team and you like really watch what he does. He's a motor and he just never turns off. And it's just, it's one of the most amazing things to watch because you're used to, for instance, and this is not a shot at Jerry Hughes. I love Jerry Hughes, but now he's in Houston. We had Jerry Hughes in Buffalo for eight, nine years or whatever it was. And it seemed like he always got good pressures on the quarterback, but just never quite could bring him down. Whereas Von Miller is just like, it seems like every game he's getting a sack and it's just, it's just amazing to watch, man. He he's he he pushes through people. He he, I, I don't even know. I just love him. I just I don't even know what else to say. I just love him. <laughs> you, you mentioned that they like to move all these guys around. D- does he stay on one side in particular, or is he just both sides wherever wherever they think maybe the best matchup is? I've been seeing him. Um, I've been seeing him kind of line up just pretty much left or right. It doesn't matter. But for the most part, I have seen. I feel like I've seen him for the most part line up on the right. Uh, but there are moments where he'll make a big, again, like against, against Patrick Mahomes, he was on, on the left where, and I don't know if that's strategic where it's like, okay, we're used to seeing him on the right. Let's flip him over there and do could be, but um, he's just dangerous when he's out there. And then we talked about Greg Rousseau a little bit earlier. And the reason why it, it hurts that he may or may not play is that, you know, I don't know if it's the growth, I don't, just his growth in general. I don't know if it's the Von Miller effect. I don't, I don't know what it is, but, Greg Rousseau this season compared to last season, he's wreaking havoc, man. Like he's doing things that we just didn't expect out of him maybe for another year or two. And, you know, you get to watch, you get to watch both these guys perform like this with two like very talented defensive, defensive tackles in the middle of the line and Daquan Jones and Tim Settle when Ed Oliver's playing same thing. It's just the defensive line. I don't want to say this in a way where it's like I'm overhyping them, but what I will say is this should be the part of the defense that really concerns your team. Yeah. Well, speaking of concerns, I mean, with the lions dealing with uh, a whole host of injuries along their interior offensive line, I, can, you, can you talk a little bit more about Ed Oliver? I know he's missed some time this year, but like what kind of, you know, dynamic ability does he bring to the bills defensive front? You know, this is a guy that I think a lot of Lions fans were interested before they drafted TJ Hawkinson, who's no longer a part of their team. Uh, but what has Ed done? It seems like he maybe kind of took a step last year. Has has injuries maybe hampered his ability to take another step this year? I think so, because um, he, he was kind of beat up a little bit earlier in the season. And then now, you know, he again, he he's kind of I think he's questionable, if I'm not mistaken. He had a pretty decent day Sunday, um, but he the injuries for him, I, I think. Because, again, being lined up to Von Miller and 
and Greg Rousseau. Um, he's just been able to, he got, I think he got a sack Sunday and, and a couple tackles for loss. He's been doing an amazing job, but Bill's fans did expect him to take another step forward. And it's just not, he's very good, but it's just not the performance that we would have expected. So now it's getting to the point where also the conversation is coming into, well, do you, do you give him that extension? Do you um, try to draft another guy or sign in free agency? And when you have guys where you're kind of tossing up in the air, do we want to, do we want to keep him Tremaine Edmonds or do we want to keep Jordan Poyer? Like when, when you have those decisions to make, the performance, you, you, all, you always want to look at potential, obviously, and you look at youth and you look at everything that these guys can be. Uh, but then, you know, you look at what he's given us and it's like, uh, do you keep him over a Tremaine Edmonds? Do you keep him over all pro safety and Jordan Poyer? I don't know. It's going to be a tough decision for Brandon Bean to make, but um, I, I will tell you this year, he hasn't, he hasn't performed up to uh, the expectation that Bills fans, and I'm guessing that the team has had in him. I know publicly the team will say, oh no, we love, and they do love him, uh, but he's just not, he, he hasn't dominated and destroyed backfields like we wanted to see. I, I want to stick with the defensive line really quick here because yeah, I want to dig into the issues on the Lions side here. Um, Jonah Jackson dealing with a concussion, almost certainly not going to play Evan Brown dealing with an ankle injury, the right guard, based on what I saw in the locker room, not going to play this week. Um, so that means the lines are going to be starting two guys. We don't even know who they are. Dan Skipper is probably going to be at right guard, um, mm-hmm. a, a good run blocker, but a not so good pass blocker. And then left guard is. Heyode Iwasika, maybe who's never made an NFL start and barely played at all. Or they go back to Logan Stenberg, a guy who has like a single digit PFF pass blocking grade and has just been a turnstile there. Wow. Again, a good run blocker but not a, a great pass blocker. So you mentioned Daquan Jones. We, we talked at Oliver that interior D- bills defensive line. Are they, are they a good pass rushing team? Are, are they more of a run stuffing unit or can they kind of do it all? I think they're actually a well-rounded team. They can yeah. do everything. Um, when, when, bringing Von Miller onto this team. And then, like I said, the emergence of Greg Rousseau and Tim Settle coming and, and Daquan Jones, it, it allowed us to get to the quarterback early and often the bills for the first seven or eight weeks of the season, the Buffalo bills led the league in uh, being able to get to the quarterback without blitzing. So just the front four, they've been able to get to him. They've also improved dramatically from last season as far as run defense. Um, the last couple of weeks, not this Sunday, we actually did pretty good against Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I'm like, I'm, I'm in awe. <laughs> but prior to that, we had a rough week against the Gi- or against the Jets. And then um, the second half of the, the Packers game, the Packers kind of started to run on us and it looked like it was starting to become a weakness again. But no, I think I think when you look at the the big picture from the entire season and you look at what they've put on film, I think the Buffalo Bills run or not just the run, their defensive line is is actually one of the I think it's a top unit in the league. And again, I don't want I don't know if I'm just gonna give the credit to to Von Miller and and the energy he brings, but it's a completely different look than we saw last year, man. And I'll tell you, Daquan Jones, if you look at his stats and you go and look at and compare him to other defensive tackles in the league, he's near the top. So, you know, he's, he also has made a big impact on this team and I don't think he gets enough credit for, for the play that he's 
you know, he's he's amazing, man. Last year, it seemed like Tremaine Edmonds uh, kind of had some difficulty because the defensive line played so poorly. Like when we against the run, Tremaine Edmonds, there were certain points where Bills fans felt like he wasn't making the right play. But it was because the defensive line just couldn't eat those blocks up or they couldn't do the right things this year. You don't have those concerns because that defensive line, Tim Settle and Daquan Jones, they're absolutely laying the hammer down, man. So yeah, I, th- I think that the defensive line, if, if you're, if you have injuries, a concussion and and whatever else you were talking about, your offensive line, it would be an area of concern for me. If you got a guy playing his first NFL start against these dudes, I, I tell you what, I don't want to be him. Uh, not, <laughs> not one bit. And I think Jeremy, if I can ask you a question, Uh, And then you can pass it along to Spence. But like earlier, Spence had mentioned like the expectation about, you know, if you're healthy enough to be on the football field, I expect you to be a contributor. Yeah. Well, that totally talks to DeAndre Swift in in every single sort of way. Mm -hmm. And when you're talking about attacking a defense, us as Lion fans, we know that like the second line of the defense is just important in run defense as anything. So like if the Bills are you know, without Tremaine Edmonds because of an injury. I mean, what, what is your confidence level in the Lions ability to run the football, especially with, you know, the, the backups along the interior of the offensive line? It's, it's a concern. It's definitely a concern. I, 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 the guys that they have are better run blockers and pass blockers. So that's, that's the good news. And the good news is that they've been able to run with different backs that aren't Deandre Swift. Justin Jackson is coming off that career game and Jamal Williams has been Mr. Dependable, especially in the red zone. So you know, I I still think they're gonna do an okay job, but but yeah, like if it is Kota Iwasika, like I I don't know. Your, your offensive line is only as good as your weakest link, and I don't know what to expect out of someone like that. He's he's played maybe a handful of snaps this entire season outside of some special teamers, so I don't know. It it's definitely something that's not night like this is the line's identity, right? This is how they won against the Giants. They stopped the run and they were able to run the ball. I don't know if they're gonna be able to do that this week. I just don't know. Um, but you mentioned Tremaine Edmonds. That's okay. If you got, go ahead, jump in there. Uh, The one thing I was going to say, the difference with the giants though, and I know you, you talked about Daniel Jones kind of getting his in those moments when they didn't, the thing is too, Daniel Jones doesn't have the arm or the receivers that Josh does. So I think the concern, if I'm, if I'm looking at it from the Detroit Lions standpoint, it's like, yeah, let's go into this game with the same type of game plan, but then you're falling short because Stefan Diggs, right. like I said, it doesn't matter if you double him. It doesn't matter if you bracket him and you kind of, it, yeah. it doesn't matter if you play. So however you play him, he's going to get his eight to 11 receptions a game. Right. And then, and then, like I said, Josh is, he's different than Daniel Jones. Whereas Daniel Jones is going to slide at some of the end of those runs. Josh Allen is looking to kind of like, you know, I'm going to run through you. And right. then hopefully you might not get up. You you know, so you're looking at another. So it's just it has to be a different game plan. And but Jamal Williams, I'm going to tell you, man, and I know he doesn't have the yardage as like a league leader, but he scores like one. And I think he's leading the league right now with 12 touchdowns. Yeah, that's just it's just impressive. It's just impressive. DeAndre Swift. I expected more from him too. Uh, he, he's on my fantasy team on one of my leagues. I need him to, I need him to wake Our up. Apologies. Not this week. Not this week. <laughs> yeah. Wake up. Yeah, hopefully. Um, so we mentioned Tremaine Edmonds might be out. I, I know a lot of people have questions and I'm guessing you're not going to have an answer for me, but what's going on with Tredavious White? Uh, well, Trey White, I feel like um, it, it's it's a couple things. One, um, so an ACL tear, I know depending on the player and depending on 
you know, how you want to look at it. Some guys come back sooner than others. And some guys, yeah. you know, the thing is he, he tore his ACL last year on Thanksgiving. Yep. So it's basically like a year now. I look at an ACL injury as like a 12 to 18 month injury. The bills feel like he's close. The, the thing is he was on IR. They didn't want to um, activate him to play, but I think at this point they activated him so he can kind of practice and get, acclimated to the speed of the practices, the new terminology, because there's a lot of there's a lot of new parts. So I just think that that's why they activated him. And Bill's fans looked at it as, oh, he's active. So now we're going to play him. I think if you take those expectations away and you just look at it from the standpoint of, okay, the Bills are seven and three without him and they're doing pretty good without him. And and Elam is going to play. Kyrie Elam is going to play this week. So, again, when you when you're looking at those things, and you take the expectation of just the fact that he's active, you take that away. And it's like, okay, yeah. I mean, he could have still been on IR and a bill seven and three. It doesn't change anything. So I don't know. I don't, he's definitely not going to play Thursday. I, I can guarantee right. you that, uh, but he'll be back soon. I think they're aiming for that Patriots game. Uh, last question I have before we, we go to our prediction segment um, is just kind of the rest of that secondary. Um, sounds like DJ Chark is going to have a bigger role this week after returning from his injury last week and only playing about a dozen snaps. Um, Josh Reynolds returned to practice in a limited fashion, so it's possible the Lions have their top two guys back. Um, and I, I'll just let you know, Spence, don't worry about Jameson Williams. I know they activated <laughs> him this week. I don't think he's playing. Uh considering he's, he's never, he's, he essentially won't have a full practice under his belt going into this game. Um, so, um, but still lions passing attack when they've had their, their top guys in the game has, has actually been pretty good. So yes. what's your confidence level in, in the bill safety, uh, I'm sorry, bill secondary this week. Well, so prior to this past Sunday, Jordan Poyer wasn't playing. So I would have come into this game without Jordan Poyer. I would have been very nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the the Lions, I think, are a, a and I'm not saying this because I'm on your platform, but I think the Lions are a lot better than the record shows. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at early in the season, um, they dominated on offense like it, it, you know, it was almost a surprise. Like, wow, Jared Goff is like he's you know, it's like, oh, what is he doing? Like, <laughs> so it was it was an amazing thing to watch. And I think, um, you know, you have a couple you have a couple key pieces on offense that that really can make things happen when they get the ball in their hands. So. Um, if it wasn't for Jordan Poyer being back, I would be nervous. But what Jordan Poyer does, he completely changes that defense. Um, he, I, I don't even know how to explain it, you know, other than say like, hey, when you watch it, make sure you like specifically watch what Jordan Poyer does. He's so patient. He makes big plays. He, um, it, it, it's plays that don't seem like they're big plays that he makes, but but they're huge. And he makes them in key moments. And and when he's not in there, man, you got guys like they were they were so short because Micah Hyde's out for the year, um, you know our other uh, pro safety. So when he's out and Jordan Poyer's out, they're like scrambling. They they put a a slot corner back at safety a couple games ago against Justin Jefferson, and Justin Jefferson had his way. He just completely ate him, and you know and so yes, I would have been very nervous if it had not been for that because Tremaine Edmonds is probably not going to play. He has both a heel and a groin injury. And when I hear heel, I think, you know, Achilles, maybe that's not, we don't want to play him. And when I hear groin, you don't want to play him. So I don't think Tremaine Edmonds is going to play. And that's a huge loss, but like I said, Jordan Poyer, and then you throw in Matt Milano. I know he's a linebacker, but he's a cover linebacker and he does a very good job at covering tight ends or, or wide receivers who aren't quite as fast as like, you know, your top speed guy. So I think, I think the combination of having those two guys there 
and Kyer Elam coming back, I think that gives me some confidence, but um, I'm not sleeping on him because like I said, I've paid attention all season to what you guys have been doing. And that offense, when they're clicking, they're clicking. And I've been rooting for you guys, just not this week. (laughs) That's fair enough. Bills, Bills are a hard team to hate too, especially when they're donating $20,000 to our, our team's foundation. Um, yeah. But let, let's move to uh, the uh, the prediction portion, uh, which we call the one thing we think we know. Ryan, you are coming off a bold prediction that turned out to be true. Just Yeah, it was bold-ish. Throwing out caution to win and saying it's going to be a two-score game, not even picking a team. Turned out two-score game. So, Ryan, what is the one thing you think you know about Lions-Bills? I just have to flip it on its head. This is going to be a one score football game. And the I mean, the opening spread didn't really indicate that. I mean, the bills opened as like 10 point favorites and that's gone down to nine. So obviously the public is pretty high on on the Lions. Um, I. I think it's going to be a one score game, though. I think it's going to be close. And I, I think both teams are dealing with, you know, um, injuries to to key players and to key positions. So and I don't know, man, just like a short week. A short week is always so weird. Weird things happen weird on Thursdays. That's true. That's true. And and listen, like the Lions played the Dolphins close. They played the Eagles close. They played basically every really good team. I'm Vikings close. They, the only teams they didn't play close were teams that it was really only just a Patriots game. Even that Dallas game was close, even though it ended up a two score game. They, they, they battle, they battle. They're a team that battles. Uh, all right, Spence, what's the one thing you think, you know, about Lions bills. I'm going to go the complete opposite and say the bills are going to win by at least 14. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think, I think nice what, talking what, to you, man. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think what everybody's kind of hoping or, or I guess expecting is that Josh Allen is going to be what we saw this past Sunday or, you know, that his elbow is really bothering him. Uh, listen, I, there's a couple, there's a couple different things to this. I think a, again, under the bright lights, Josh, had, he enjoys prime time. Like that's when he wakes up and, look at the last couple of Thanksgiving games and it just hasn't been, it, it just didn't go well for the, for the other squad. Yeah. But then on top of it, again, I think everybody's counting him out and he's been, you know, he's been rough on himself. The Jets game was, was tough on him. And then, you know, the Vikings game was tough on him. We won this past week, but he didn't have the best game. He's that guy. Like, it doesn't matter if we win by 25, he, he's not a, if he's not happy with himself, he comes out that next game and he tries to make victims of the next team. So, um, like I said, I think with Jordan Poyer coming back, the defense is going to play very, very well. Um, I don't, I don't think Jamal Williams is going to go off for two or three touchdowns. Like he seems to do every dog on week, but I think he's going to have a decent game, but I just think, I don't think the passing, att- you're going to have to pass the ball. Yeah. And I just don't think the passing attack will be able to really keep up with what Josh Allen is going to do this week. Yeah, there really hasn't been a ton of pressure on on Jared Goff in this three game winning streak. He, he had a good game against the Bears and and did what he needed to do. But yeah, I think this is definitely a shootout game, which is why the one thing I think I know, not one, but two trick plays from the Lions this week. It's been a couple of weeks. We know Dan Campbell likes to pull it out for games that they he thinks they might need it. They're going to need it this week. So I think we're going to see two trick plays where they're fake punts, maybe a, a surprise onside kick, whatever it is. Tricks are coming out this week. You're going to need them. Yeah, I, I think so too. <laughs> I think so too. Uh, all right, Spence, before we go, uh, I always like to give uh, our guests the floor to promote their stuff. So where can the people find you? Uh, what sort of stuff you got going on over at Buffalo rumblings? 
Hey, we have a we have a ton of fun things happening um, tonight on the Code of Conduct. I go live at 8 p.m. Eastern time and your your host here is going to be joining me tonight. Jeremy's going to be joining me at 830. He's going to jump in and we're going to talk a little bit, basically the stuff we talked here, but a little bit. I want to talk more about the, the Lions. So uh, if you want to hear about your squad, come and join us. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jay Spence, the King. Same thing on Instagram. And hey, good luck the rest of the season. Just again, not not in a couple of days. I need you guys to kind of like really crap the bed this week. I think I mean, to be fair, I think we need to win a little bit more. You guys are fine. You'll make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, we we want the conference, man. Like it sucks. Like every year it's, it's us and the Chiefs and we have to go yeah. in the arrowhead. And, and it's just, you know, you the head to head, though. Right. You guys beat them. Yeah, but right now they're a game ahead. So like if they, right. I don't expect them to go undefeated and I don't expect us to go undefeated, but yeah. it's one of those things, if we both go undefeated, they, they have the conference. So yeah, yeah we, we gotta, we gotta get this thing going and, and Josh needs to wake up. I think MVP is out of the question now, but you know, cause he, too many games with turnovers. He, he's leading the league in turnovers right now. Yeah. Kind of has to clean that up, but I don't care about the MVP no more. Like just, just let's really go for this number one seed Make it make this road to the Super Bowl go through Western New York. We have to. <clears throat> I, I think I think Bills fans and I don't want to I don't want to speak out of turn, Spence, but like I think Bills fans probably felt pretty confident in like just having the AFC East wrapped up, right? And like <laughs> now that now the Dolphins are there, you know, I mean the Jets got to figure out their quarterback situation, but like I mean that loss to the Vikings. Sorry to bring it up, but like I mean that that definitely I mean it hurts, right? I mean. No, like oh, I'm, okay. <laughs> I, I'm not too. I'm still not concerned. Now, I'm saying this with respect to the Dolphins. They um, Tua is playing like an MVP. He's actually yeah. having a very great season. It's not the fact that he has Hill. It's not the fact that he has Waddle. The the system that Coach McDaniel's has brought over there really works for him. And yeah. Tua looks great. So I'm. This is with all due respect to him. I'm not worried. You know, like we, we lost that game we're at, when we went to Miami, we lost that game. Um, but I was there and there were factors that I, I don't want it to sound like an excuse. So I won't go ahead and, and run off on things, but we're, we're a better team top to bottom. Um, I, I do think they're talented, but I just don't think it's the year. I think that they're feeling themselves a little bit too much. So we'll, we'll see what happens when they come, come to uh, Orchard Park in December. We'll see what happens. That is if you guys can get off a game without being in an avalanche, we'll see. True. true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, we're going to close things up. Uh, thank you again to Spence and, and make sure you go check out his Twitter, Jay Spence, the King, and obviously the, the podcast stuff that's going on over at Buffalo rumblings. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to our audience. Hope you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving, whether or not the lions win, but until next time for Ryan, for myself, thank you all for listening. It's chaos. Be kind. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.